All right. Hey, what's yeah, up, people? <laughs> we made it. What's up? This is episode 41. This episode is brought to you by Beach Volleyball National Events. Beach Volleyball National Events, BVNE, is the biggest showcase, get notice showcase in the United States of America. We've gone national. We started in California. Now we're in Texas. Now we're in Florida. And now we're everywhere. Beach Volleyball National Events, come play with us. It's also brought to you by NY Varsity Sports. That's me. That's me, the NYV. Watching me. Watching you. This episode, this is episode 42. I got Dave Palm and the episode starts right now. Whew, I always get a buzz off for that. So listen, you've been asking for this guy for a long time, but since he's been the busiest man in America, he hasn't had time. But tonight, on Friday night, I got to give the people, I give the people what they want. Dave Palm, what's good, bro? How's it going? How's it going? <laughs> So we got we had a conversation off camera and man we 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 you know me we there's all kinds of colors that's gonna happen in our conversation but I think um uh, we were talking a little bit the, about the UFC we're gonna cover a lot of stuff today the qualifiers uh, yeah. were today um I actually uh, stole I stole a bunch of uh, live streams and I put them all on one file and I'll put them up later for everyone everyone listening I stole Rosenthal's live stream I stole Troy Field Eric Baranek and actually I put it on mine and put my and and had the mic and was calling the match on their live stream <laughs> some people might mind but hey I took it down and then I'll put it on a file if everyone wants to see it but you were um we, we were talking about, actually, let's talk about the lifestyle. We were talking about, like, if you, in Florida, where you are, where are you in Florida right now? Um, I currently live in Miami, but I do, like, all my coaching in Pompano to Deerfield area. Yeah. So, so I travel up about 50 minutes, yeah, every day. So I understand, like, the cool thing about Florida is that um, you got to go to a tournament, right? You could take an Uber, the Uber stops, and the beach is there, yeah, right? Yeah. Or you you yeah, need yeah. to walk. You feel like taking a walk. You ain't got to work. You ain't got to uh, worry about crossing a whole bunch of damn highways. The beach is there. Yeah. And that's yeah. one of the advantages that, uh, like, I live in California. I live in Hermosa Beach, and you know, lucky for me, I'm I'm near the beach. I trip, I fall, I'm there. Uh, but it's pretty cool to um, get a quantitative turnout, just di different versatile players. Let's talk a little bit about that. You you were you were saying like a lot of people like you should live in California and you're like, well I like Florida and I'll tell yeah. you why. Tell me why. So I don't know me personally. Um, you know it was always like, hey, you should come to Cali, and I'm like, honest truth, man, I, I don't want to struggle. I don't, I do not want to struggle. At least I mean I've heard things have changed now a little bit compared to the past. But I'll tell you what, you play a local tournament here and you win, you're walking away with five six hundred dollars one day right each, five six hundred dollars each you get like a 25 team draw you're walking away with five six hundred dollars each and in florida if you're renting a room from someone like your bedroom you share a bath most of the time if you know that person that's probably enough to pay for your rent yep. so if you have three tournaments in one month you let's say come in third right you win about let's say 300 200 bucks great. You just got a quarter of your rent or, you know, a third of your rent and things are just a lot cheaper here. You know, like there's so many options where 
if you are living the volleyball lifestyle, you can still get that training and in the heat yeah. and in the sand. So it prepares you just for everything else. Yeah. I, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I love Cali, but the whole like I talked to a lot of people and they're, and they're strapped for money or they're not sure if they just want to take a spur of the moment trip. You know, like I'm thinking right now because I'm capable of doing it with coaching and not worrying about it. Um, I don't know if you know, uh, my buddy Will Robbins might take a trip up there to Fort Wayne, Indiana and take, take some girls and play some volleyball just for a fun four days and then come back and continue doing what we're doing. And that's man. That's fun as hell, isn't it, dude? Uh, what about um? Yeah. Do you have like night practices sometimes or night lights, night light games? Um, night lights, no. Um, in Florida, we are actually at least on the beach. You're not allowed to have um, to li have lights on the beach because of sea turtles. Right. Oh. Yeah. So I mean, there is like some parks that do have lights, but usually those parks, um, you have like the local community people playing some pickup games and just competing. No doubt. Hey, um, let me ask you something. You said um, we're big MMA fans, right? Uh, or I'm a big yeah, MMA fan. Yeah, I'm a big yeah. UFC fan. I watched um, uh -huh. Jorge Masvidal, Florida product. They call him Street Jesus. Um, yeah. um, and you said Vitor Belfort is like one of like the daughters, like one of your players, right? Victoria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she uh, she's been uh, doing beach with me for quite uh, some time now, and she's a great girl. She does indoor. Um, for a club called Tribe, and she's really good. She's really athletic. The girl has so much potential, and the dad, I'll tell you what, just as intense as he was fighting, he's intense with his daughter. Like, he'll he'll yeah. go out there, and he'll, like, you know, like, chirp something while she's playing, like, going for the ball or diving for the ball, and, and the family's just like that. The older brother, he's a quarterback, I believe, he's a freshman. I could be wrong, but okay. he's a freshman, and he, same thing, competitive. You know, it's it's a loving family, and they're they're just huge into sports, and they love that lifestyle. Yeah, no doubt, a bunch of super athletes, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dad's larger than life too, right? You want to mess with dad? You want to mess with dad? That's for sure. Yeah. You know what Vitor Belfort? I was scared of. All right, first of all, I'm scared. I'm a disclaimer. I'm scared of every version of him. Okay, because when a man can kill you uh, without using a weapon, <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> yeah. you know there's there's a there's a general respect and a healthy fear for that guy. But the Vitor I was scared of the most was um, the UFC. They had something called a TRT exception, testosterone replacement therapy exception, mm -hmm. for people um, who have issues with testosterone, like you know, getting shots. As long as you you meet something they call the normal levels and some right. some fighters use that and some fighters abuse that but I, I know that Vitor is one of the people that actually needed it there was him and there was Chael Sonnen and Chael Sonnen actually needed it because I think he abused performance enhancing drugs for such a long time mm -hmm. that it messed with his, his levels were up and down and all over the place but Vitor Vitor has been one of the guys that's always as far as levels has always been honest about it and I was like how the hell are you 42 years old <laughs> you look like yeah. that yeah, 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 <laughs> kicking yeah. people in the head just starching people <laughs> but and and i'll tell you what like you know and i guess it's just kind of like the volleyball mentality you know on and off the court or outside and inside you know the mm -hmm. octagon like i'll tell you what man he's he's a girl's dad he's a sweetheart he's so loving to his daughter and his family and and, and when you when you speak to him like after a certain period of time you see that like big heart you see that like like, like caring and that nurturing part of him that not a lot of people see that's pretty cool man good good parenting yeah i got yeah. me a, i got me a little three-year-old toe head and and 
um she's already huge so she's still speaking like three-year-old baby but because she's so tall everyone thinks she's like five and like yeah. retarded like slow learning <laughs> i'm just like no the girl, the girl is still a baby she just you know yeah. God, God just stretched yes. it a long way you know so speaking of that it's like man i don't know what it is i don't know if it's like just the time of uh that age but man everyone around me is having kids just popping babies left and right and, and i'm like hmm? i'm coaching kids but i don't yeah. know if i'm ready for all that just, i blame yeah. myself i blame yeah. myself you know why because i made it look so easy <laughs> like i'm showing these baby pictures and i got this yeah. little white haired kid with blue eyes so they see yeah. me with a baby that's gorgeous more than anyone in my family except for maybe my wife right um and i make it look easy and the people that know me they're like Jason got a kid. How fucking hard can it be? <laughs> it's tough. How hard can it be? <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely tough. <laughs> Listen, I have a friend, and I, I don't want to mention her name because she watches the show. When I first met her, I didn't have my college degree. You know, I was a military gal. In fact, all the men in my family were military, but um, I dated this girl for like six months, and she didn't seem particularly bright, all right? I'm not saying she's dumb as dog shit, all right? But she didn't seem particularly bright. And I'm laying in bed with her one night. She's sleeping and I'm awake and I'm like this. I'm looking at her. I'm like, and I'm like, shit, she has a degree. How fucking hard can it be? Why? Yeah. Let me just go back. This this one managed to grad. I don't have a degree. And this one managed to graduate. What? So. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Fuck. Uh, forget the dumb shit. Let's let's talk a little shop. Let's talk a little volleyball. Did you um, did you get a chance at all to see uh the live score or any of the games today? Or you were just you? I know you had a long day. I know you were coaching. Yep, I had zero chance. Yeah. Zero chance with the parents that I respond to throughout the day, and you know things that we're trying to come up with, and then coaching all the girls. Uh, usually this is the time, like maybe an hour, forty five minutes. Um try to study a little bit on, on certain things. Yeah. And then like, I'll glance at that every now and then, but it, it's, it's not even like, um, it's not on your radar. <laughs> yeah. Not even close no. seasons, pretty much a wash, um, you know, with the whole thing. So not even concerned about it till seeing what happens next year. It's kind of liberating feeling, isn't it? Right. Like uh, that's yeah. one less thing I mean, you got to yeah. worry about and, until, and then, oh, until it's time to, you know, around that. Corner. Right. Right. Yeah. And then also like, you know, it's, it's fun to like go to the events and play and compete and have that competitive nature. So that's, that's the part that I, I would assume, you know, everyone misses. I miss it myself. But uh, once that decision was made, it was like, all right, you know, focus on what I can focus on now. And then whatever happens, because at this moment, I'm pretty sure everyone's living um, from a base to base situation. Right. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. I'm just showing a, oh, little, a little bit of a clip while we're um, while we're talking about it. This is Rat yeah. Major and Del Sol, I believe, against Partain and Ty Loomis. No, 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 no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry, it's Ricardo. It's Ricardo. Ooh, how did that go down? How did that partnership go down? Um, quick. And I'll tell you, it's, it happens for two two words. My answer is two words. Miles Evans. All right. For what we know about Miles, we know. He can go into FIVB and be like a world beater and it looks like he could do no wrong. And then he'll have some match in the quali against, some, I don't know, someone. And and, and, it leaves every, and the way he performed just leaves everybody scratching their head. I'm just like, how? <laughs> and 
It's weird because I didn't think he played a particularly bad match, but every time somebody gets upset that's highly touted to win, it's, he's there, you know? I ain't trying to Debbie down to the guy because as far as being a good-natured individual and just being cool with everybody, we, we all love us some Miles Evans, but but that's the one seed, and that's not a team that I see losing to um, Rat Legend Del Sol, you know? Not, not at this time. There's mo I mean, Del Sol is to be respected. Right. Right. Great hands. You know, good, good, good serve to space, which, you know, in the AVP is king. Right. You got good serve to space. They're they're out of system first hit. They lose a lot of their court vision now. Now they're just relying on calls and you can change up. You at the net, you know, you change up um, all the time. You, you, you actually I think a lot of times you do it on the fly. Right. So. So let's talk about your blocking. Let's talk about your blocking. <laughs> um, do you uh, yeah. does it depend on your partner do you have do you have certain partners where you're like all right um four block and then maybe before the set you see something you say change or maybe just at the net you're like no nah, i'm going straight one um does it depend on your partner or is that more contingent on the set i would say 95 percent of the time I make the decision as far as what I want to block and where I want my defender to go mm -hmm. with still sticking to my responsibility. So if my partner gives me a call, yeah, I will make sure I stick to my responsibility. And then, yes, according to scenarios and process of elimination and outcomes and percentages and probabilities, then I, I'll make a decision. Yeah. So there's, there's definitely a lot of things happening in a split second um, that give me a better feel depending on the type of player because you know with blocking you know you kind of said it yourself there's there's a big difference between blocking a guy that's six two and springy and a guy that's six seven six eight and already touching that ball at a higher point so certain things have to be changed and certain outcomes have to be prevented so it puts myself and my partner at a better situation to make that dig yeah i actually thought that's where um um huntington last year I kept you guys a little bit of company. I, I, I mean, I didn't actually have a chance to coach per se. I mean, I only practiced with you guys one time. So I'm like, look, I'm going to just sit in the chair. I got I got numbers. I got um, uh, like, yeah. a pull, like a pull chart and a transition chart because some yeah, people, yeah. if they're in the zone, that don't mean nothing. They don't need to see it. But to some people, it means every, you know, it's it, it can change a game. So, and yeah, um, absolutely. it was, yeah, it was, it was one of those games where you uh, you guys were just, you ran rough shot over everyone in the qualifier and you ran into Brandon Clemens and, um, um dylan marrick who i thought at that time i thought brandon clemens is playing some of the best volleyball to date um which by the way is when you get injured <laughs> isn't that crazy yeah that was crazy <laughs> yeah that was horrible yeah I hate so, injuries for for anyone but do you notice about injuries like be, the before you the the play before you get injured the play before that you're playing the best volleyball <laughs> yeah you're, you're in the zone you're focused yeah absolutely oh shoot yeah so that that was one of those games where he he had a nice such a nice drop on his cross court so on any challenge on the four or the two you're like do i just go straight up one and see if jeff can dig this also i thought dylan marrick um anything that came to him anything that he touched he was digging he was in a good zone and um um and i know you got a pretty good memory even though you play a thousand matches what's what's one thing you you thought you personally could have done better in that match um, either make the decision of me staying up full time or Jeff staying up full time because I know we're splitting. Right. So I know okay. we had a, a rough star with the whole um, referee thing and whatnot. Um, that was rough the first set. 
So to kind of pick up the swing of things in the middle of the first set, um, first set was rough in general. If uh, I remember correctly, I think the score might have been like 21 to like 13 or 14. Yeah, that was crazy. 13 or 14. I'm and then the second run. set, yeah, second set, we got off to a good start. And then um, it would just, just making that split decision of whether I would stay up the whole time or he would have stayed up, I think would have been crucial. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I think so. And also it's, it's, um, yeah, like Brandon, I, I thought was just, he was pretty one dimensional. He was like, I'm just going to go cross court until, Probably, <laughs> until, yeah. until, until they mm-hmm. do something about that. Um, right, right. I like I like to jump around a little bit, but so thanks for driving this car with me, and I promise I won't take us both off. No, both, no. I promise you're I won't good, take us good. both off the cliff. Um, a couple of months later, you got um, Hermosa Beach, and ended up uh, Jeff um, took the rest of the season off to his credit, because if you're not right up here, right, mm-hmm. um, and you're not able to do the things that you like that you do well. Um, it's, it might hurt your. Not only might it hurt your brand, but you're 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 just not making any money. And like you just said, you were talking about investment, money, and time, and this and that. Those are all important things. So, j- exit Jeff. Brandon Clemens gets injured. Uh, the final play against the McKibbins in Huntington. So exit Clemens. Enter Dylan Merrick. So you end up playing with Dylan Merrick. And uh, uh, um, qualify for Hermosa Beach. I think you beat Baranek and um, uh, was it Carretti or someone else? It was Marek no, and it was. Um, oh man, why am I drawing me? a blank right now? It was. Um, oof, I'm drawing a blank. Don't worry about it. We're, we're, right now, long, long day, long day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 you ended up beating them. Very competitive yeah. match. Yeah, uh, yeah. Match. All, all of the sets decided by two. It was my favorite match because you. Um, the two of you, you and Eric Baranek, happen to do really well in matches decided by two. <laughs> you know, ch- to me, championships are built on two point victories, and we're going to talk about your coaching right, in a minute. Right. They're not blo- they're not built on blowouts. All right. If right, it was just about who had the biggest point spread, you and Jeff should have qualified and like skipped all the seeds and skipped Phil and Nick and came in as the one seed. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, so I want to. That's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about your match against Jeremy Casebeer and Kame Shock. Um, mm-hmm. You're at one set apiece. It's the beginning of the third set. Was um, was there a particular conversation you had? No, you won two zero. Yeah, two zero. All right, you're at match point, uh, second set. Was there mm-hmm. a conversation, however brief, that you had with Dylan before before the final play of the game? Before the final play? Yeah. Um, it was very, very simple. Was um, We were making sure we uh, pushed him to the pin. Uh, we, were, we were mixing up K-Spear and Kame, Um, But I think, I believe that moment, we were making sure we were putting the pressure on Jeremy because he was struggling a little bit. So we made sure we pushed him to the pin. Um, he passed the ball. There was miscommunication out there. And I think Jeremy wanted to back. Came, set the front ball. So Jeremy came and did a flipper. And then we passed that transition, put it away. And that ended the game, if I remember correctly. All right, cool. Yeah. I got too bad I don't have that match. It's it's on Amazon. I'm, the whole time you're talking, you know what I'm doing? I'm looking at your match. You're I'm looking, looking at, at yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, it was Marty Lorenz, Bar- Baranek. That's Marty Lorenz. It's Marty yeah, Lorenz. Marty Lorenz, the yeah. last game of the qualifier, yeah. You had a pretty good blocking day that day. How'd you, 
Or actually, you had a good blocking tournament. How'd you feel in the tournament all around? Just felt healthy? Felt good about yourself? Uh, I, I think we felt good. Um, I think going back to the second day, because after that, we played a threat. Like, I think that was how many matches? That was three? Yeah. Four? Five? And then we had to play like right after or like 30 minutes after we had to play miles and ryan and that was our sixth match and that was their second match because it was that weird 24 uh team draw yeah where you can win your first lose your second but you still end up in last place oh man yeah oh geez <laughs> that sucked <laughs> yeah um, so we were we that was our sixth starting our sixth match and they were starting their second because i remember we were playing um jeremy and came and that was our fifth match and that was our first match of the tournament right um the yeah. match against slick and alan did you play in the contenders that was in the contenders coming yeah, back the right. third day yeah, yeah. Or the, the second day, yeah. Hell of a tournament, man. It was a good, great tournament yeah. for me because I got to know you um, a little bit. Um, NVL, Hermosa Beach. Mm -hmm. You played with the late De um, Eric Zahn. Mm -hmm. And you pl you ended up beating, um, his name escapes me, but he he, he he came all the way from the qualifier, all the way, all the way up to the, uh, whatever. And he's, um, he's an NVL guy, and I'll, and I'll get you his name in a minute, but... It was so much fun watching you play because you were disciplined. You were having a good time out there, but your your ability to have a good time did not hamper your ability to um to 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 see the moods of the game. You know, it's up, it's down. You um had someone, you had this you played a particular way where you weren't too emotionally high or low. You know, if you got a good block, you know, yelled out something primal and then Whoosh, reeled it back in and I'm yeah, back. Really back in. Two sets to zero finals. And I'm like, you know what I told myself? I said, that guy's going to be a good coach someday. <laughs> I said, that <laughs> guy's going to be a good coach someday. You know, because yeah. if he, because most trying. players, not every, not, we both know, and I'm, and I'm big on this, not every player is going to be a good coach just because they play. Some people are like, oh, yeah. this guy played no, for USC. Sure. I'm like, but he sucks as a coach, okay? <laughs> I'm outing and, you, and Jeff Nygaard, yeah. okay? UCLA player, Olympian, yeah. do your job, man. You got the yeah, hotbed yeah. for recruiting at USC. Do your job. Uh, so let's talk about your girls a little bit. Um, how many girls do you have? Yeah. Uh, right now, during all this, probably running like 30 to 50. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Do you do it in shifts? <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. I have to have, well, I mean, shifts mean more like waves. There's no shift. It's yeah. like the shift is like, all right, ten minutes, go warm up. I'm gonna drink something, get a protein bar, and go. Right? Yeah. At the moment, it's been a little tough because you know we're limited. We're trying to get out there as much as we can. We can't use the beach, so that's all closed down. So you know, we try to meet up at a park every now and then. You know spreading it out throughout the week some go once some go twice so so it's been a little tough um i'm pretty sure it's been challenging for a lot of people um but for me it's you know kind of a moment where we can come together even through this like craziness and like have that interaction with the girls have that you know that process of hey like forget about everything forget about everything that's happened in the world forget about what's happening at home this is volleyball time you step inside those lines, nothing matters but you and the other five, six girls that are next to you and coach, and we're working on getting better, getting better. And and I think when girls buy into that, you know, mindset and that tradition, and this is something actually that I learned 
from doing martial arts for like about four to five years. And a big part of it was, uh, I remember it was Taekwondo. My master always told me, he said, hey, once you walk into the facility, you're wearing shoes, you're wearing sandals, whatever you're wearing, take them off before you enter the mat, leave your outside problems there. And once you're on the mat, it's focus and training. And after that, I was like, man, I just use that and I ran with it. I like it. I love it. And yeah, MMA is, um, or martial arts, not, not mixed martial arts, but martial, martial arts is a general concept where you're able to wax on, wax off and just um, block out the world um is important i'm, I'm ex-military so i had you know you have to yeah, learn you have you to learn use some all that, yeah. and uh, but i'm not a martial artist i mean what mma people do and what you get what you trained in um mine was more about survival and right. sometimes yours is a, whatever you were, you were practicing is more about clean transitions understanding it and right, this right. and that so so I, I could do things that look like that that look right, like some yeah. some you know some kung fu shit but yeah, i'm just yeah, trying yeah. to live it's more to survive yeah, yeah. yeah um and you you know you know what i think that helps your kids actually want to play more i think people that get planted with a volleyball virus i call it the bug um i think 50 or 40 percent of it is just your escapism you know, I, I, for 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 professionals like yourself, where your escapism becomes your career, um, you either delve into it, where everything is personal, right? Because, because, <laughs> because oh, yeah. now you know, just it's not just we both know. For I speak for both of us, it's not left at, just not left on the court anymore. It's in the right. video room. It's right. hell. It's in the fucking podcast. Where are we right? right I mean, right. it's ten o'clock exactly. where you are right now. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so do you agree? Like a lot of it, uh. uh this escapism, they, some people, some girls use it as a, as a form of escapism to get away from shit. And all of a sudden they're learning something that's that they never knew before. And now they want to know more. And then you've been infected. So no, no, no uh, known cure. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's funny that you said that. Um, Cause I, I actually a couple nights ago had a conversation with a young lady, great young lady, sweetheart. Um, obviously I'm not gonna say her name, but just thinking about like her, makes me smile. I had a conversation with the young lady, uh, and she was going through some stuff or, or she is going through some stuff. And I was like, okay. And, and the mom opened up to me and we had to sit down, just me, her mom. We, we talked about some things. Mom opened up when she was there and, you know, she said, Hey, she's going through some stuff. It's, uh, some stuff is a little bit mental and she's, she's trying to, you know, get stronger in that so she can improve her volleyball. And I said, what a great opportunity to unload my personal experiences that I've gone through in my life and not to like one up her, but to go, Hey, how does my life look? And she was like, Oh my gosh, you know, you're the volleyball guy. You're coaching all these kids. You're on Instagram, the AVP, you got the car, the Audi and this and that. I'm like, Oh, it looks good. Right. It's a little rock star. You know, yeah, like everything they're going, I go, oh, yeah, well, let me tell you what happened in A, B, C, D, growing up before I got there and everything I had to do. And her jaw dropped. Yeah. And her jaw dropped. And I told her, it might all look nice from the outside, but until you know what someone's dealing with in the background, you just never know. And yeah. for me, volleyball was a sense of, like you said, escapism where 
literally how volleyball was introduced to me was in a high school gym my junior year. I was training, running sprints on the track for basketball because I was like senior year, going to ball out basketball, sat in the gym. Um, and I'll never forget my point guard. He said, hey, come on. He, like I was in the gym while they were having boys volleyball practice and my point guard was there and he's like, hey, come on, jump in, jump in the practice. I'm like, man you and your little girly spandex out of here i'm never doing volleyball that is a girl sport <laughs> that's what chris austin and said I, same thing and, and and i'll tell you i was like i'll never do volleyball go wear your spandex so the varsity coach her name i'll never forget miss salvador she came in she was a setter in college she came in and she had four arms that were diesel because she was just like great setter and she goes you either jump into my practice, excuse my language, or get the hell out of my gym. And I said, well, how hard can volleyball be? Next thing you know, I'm working on my approach. And she was like, just imagine like you're dunking a basketball. I was like, all right, I'm dunking. Same thing, you know, four-step approach, horrible arm swing, horrible technique. And I was like kind of like one of, one of these, yeah. right, you know, when we all start. And then after that, I don't know if you remember, um, that summer, the AVP came to South Beach. And I'll never forget, I walked in. I was That was when Phil and Todd were like just on top of the world, unstoppable, saw it. And I just saw the tournament in general. I said, this is what I love. This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And last thing I suspected was to coach young girls. And and here it is today. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, that, it's that reality of escaping. And so, like you said, some girls to kind of revolve back around some girls use it to like forget about something the next thing you know they're like oh my gosh i'm having fun i'm getting better and this is a sport that i'm starting to kind of love all all with just getting away from my problems they got a good coach <laughs> yeah, yeah trying yeah. trying look i mean so got a lot to learn uh, yeah listen good coaching and knowing the sport um there is a division when you have girls who are going who who are going through some stuff off you know away from the court right i mean i'm in the south bay right now and you got good club teams that audition the best kids they try out and then a lot of those top teams have good coaches i think sean rooney's a good coach i'll name, i'll highlight people uh, in the positive note <laughs> um sean rooney i think is a good coach i think matt furbringer became a good coach um Ooh, man, i haven't heard that name um, in a while huh yeah, he's uh, with Rockstar, but he's doing indoor and outdoor. His daughter plays beach. And I know because I coach in the summer and like as far as age groups, I, right. a lot of our girls coming up ran into his kid. And sometimes, you know, you just got to be like, look, <laughs> the wind's going 20 miles an hour this way. <laughs> Mother Nature has no <laughs> respect for anybody's skill set. I don't care whose daughter that is. You know, you got to serve everyone. But um, I think the point I was trying to make is it's very from the naked eye. If you just come in and it's very hard to divide who's a glorified babysitter right who just got who just got I'm, okay I'm, I'm i'm that one i won't name names but um <laughs> he's like i will no but no, it divides no. glorify uh, it's hard to divide the glorified babysitters the people who just have the best kids and they're really only their their only job is to make sure the kids don't beat themselves and then uh who are the real coaches you know and some the of the ones that bring a phoenix from an ash yeah I named Rob. If you know Rob McLean, he was the Aurora's partner uh, um, yeah, yeah, for yeah. the last few series when, when you when you came. Rob is 
mid-20s and he said who we had a conversation we have a podcast a separate podcast called sports debate tuesday and occasionally Mm -hmm. when we feel like it we talk about volleyball and i said yeah who are our top five coaches that can change your game significantly in an an eight-week period that was the criteria that was the question rob to rob's surprise he was one of my picks only because i work with him and i've never seen a mind this this young and this brilliant son, just just understanding it it's so fast and, and the patience um, and also the strictness because you get a lot of back talk. Some of these girls, when they have a young coach, it's like, all right, I'll be there in a minute, coach. Like, yeah, but to, exactly. to be his age and uh, to come in with that that take no mess strictness, um, as far as that age group, there's Chris Austin and there's him and I don't see anybody else that commands that respect. But I, I had Jeff Alzina, if you know Jeff. Um, he was uh, Stein Metzger's assistant. He was also Stein's uh, coach in the Olympics, and now he's at Santa Clara. But he coaches a lot, a lot privately. I had him. I had John Mayer, because John mm-hmm. Mayer can take an environment that has drama queens, and you would never know because everybody, no, because nobody wants to be that person because nobody wants to disappoint right. him. Nobody wants to disappoint this, 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 this. Uh, everything nice you know guy. about him, he's the nicest guy you've ever met. You're like, if I think that's the nicest guy I ever met in my life, I'm right. So, um, so you got John Mayer, got Alzina. Um, uh, there's a guy named um, Pompilio. Uh, uh, he was uh, yeah, Jose, the, Jose uh, Loyola's coach. Yeah, he was a Jose yeah, Loyola's yeah, coach yeah. when Jose played, and he's Jose's assistant, and he's um, one of the head coaches along with Arturo, and um, the other guy with the long hair who I fucking love. Um, so he's he was also one of my coaches. So those were four of my five, and those are, for me, those are the coaches I'm looking for that can change your life in eight weeks. You know, if you just you um, some of it is blind trust because as, co- yeah. as far as coaching styles go, right? Maybe maybe your coaching style is if the kids understand they're more productive, and then there's some coaches they're like the kid asks why it's like why <laughs> why yeah. in your vocabulary <laughs> go <laughs> what do you mean why so um yeah to me it's those kind of coaches that that where the kids see them and there's a healthy blend of understanding and being productive. And sometimes you got to keep the ball rolling and you know what? He's the coach. He's I'm, I'm, I'm sensational since I met the guy. I'm just going to go on that and I'll find out later. Um, which is, this is the reason why I'm yapping about this is because I wanted to get to coaching techniques. Um, there are coaches just like acting, just like theater. If you get up and move across the room, you need a reason to. And then there are some coaches that say, you know what, just get up, move across the room, come back, move across the room again, come back again. And as you move and come back, you have an understanding as to the why, and that makes you productive in that respect. Um, what kind of coach are you? I would say I'm very dynamic based on the type of girl. There's, like you said, there's some players and groups that I separate specifically that are girls. Well, I'm going to be honest, that want to get better for indoor. So there's certain things and certain attentions that they need to attack when it comes to coaching for that indoor mindset. There's some girls that it's like, it's just beach. This is what I need. This is what I'm trying to go to college for. Okay. So now our mindset has to enter in the college format. Our training has to enter in the college format. The things that I'm saying to you and how you receive these things is has to be in a college format. Because let's be honest here. A college, let's say, has four or has two coaches, main coaches, and then like three assistants. You have 14 girls. Yeah. And maybe like that's, a director of operations, someone. Right. Yeah. That's and, how John that's brought a, that's me a lot. 
that's that's a lot to focus on every single girl and making sure every single girl gets what she needs. So sometimes you might not get what you need exactly. So you better listen closely for the college format, right? And when coach is saying this is what we're working on, this is our defensive scheme, this is our offensive scheme, this is how we're going to play this school, this is what we're trying to do, you better listen closely and trial and error. Trial and error and trust and trial and error. So I would say I'm very multifunctional where I've had players come to me for different things and according to what they need, I try the best as far as my coaching style on what they need. Um, like you said, sometimes there's people that just need someone to run them through some drills, get them running, get them running around on some exercise. Fine, that's not a problem. Sometimes you need people that are a little bit more, need more technical, a little bit more skill, right? A little bit more arm swing changing, a little bit more of approach changing. Like right now I'm working with a girl. She uh, came down from UNCW and she didn't notice, but she's going into her sophomore year. But the whole year she was jumping, she never brought her left foot around. So now she can't open up her hips to the setter when she's on the left side yeah. and create that torque to close to the net and generate a yeah. little bit more power. Yep. And we've that's been working on that good. twice a week for the last three weeks. Yeah, that's an yeah, indoor so. that's an indoor teaching tool. Like a lot of indoors that trans yeah. transcend to that transcend to the beach, most for the most part have that. I think a lot of people don't have that because in the beach, as far as like you said, dynamic range is concerned, um, it's it's a it's a single block. And most of the time you can beat it until you run into someone who's your size a little bit bigger and they're a little bit more technically sounded than that. And now you need to fall back on a technique that is there for you when you need it. And guess what? <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't there it's and not, you need it's it. It's not there. <laughs> well, it's, fun, it's funny that you said that because her freshman year, she had shoulder problems. And I said, well, I wonder why you had shoulder problems because you never brought all the way around and you were just square to the net the entire time and just pumping with that shoulder all, all practice all games and and we talked about it and it, it definitely makes a difference yeah yeah all the difference in the world um again steering us uh back a, a direction that we talked about before take us to I'm, the right because i'm weird like ride, that driver. that's okay you um learn how to play volleyball like very many other people that in your in your definitely my area i'm a brooklyn kid you know we're big on basketball we're big on football we're big on the big three you know but new york just like south bay is like a volleyball town like new york brooklyn new york is a basketball town we have eight eight mm -hmm. high schools that represent like 19 percent of the nba's talent it's ridiculous um um but you're learning this sport. Wow, it's interesting. Wow, I think I like this sport. Boom. Whoa. Um, and now the question is, what moment, what tournament, or what game did you play? At what age? This is a childhood thing, I'm assuming, that you told yourself you left this tournament you, or you left this game. That you t At what point did you tell yourself, I could do this for real? I think I could do this college or professionally. I could Wait, I can fucking do this. Was there a particular tournament in your in your in your mm. youth where you t mm. that that made you that made you take a um a mental next that you're on some mental next level ash i actually yes and a hundred percent yes and and for some reason i remember um i i remember closely so this i i don't know the year i know the age because i remember and bvb info has my information incorrect because of this whole scenario. So when I was 20, I qualified for the Jose Cuervo tour when AVP was bankrupt. That was the only tour. Well, after they went bankrupt, Jose Cuervo came out and uh, they did, uh, this was 
not the big court. This was still small court, right? So they had the, the big court and they had the small court, different different moments, right? So this is when they had Jose Cuevo's small court. Or sorry, I'm thinking of Corona Light wide open. Sorry, two different ones. Because Corona Light, when AVP wasn't around, they did a, a couple of tournaments around where they uh, had big court and they did old school rules. So Jose Cuervo, I remember they were traveling, qualified, uh, qualified in Belmar. But the main one was when they were in Fort Lauderdale at the Clipper. And um, I qualified because I had a wild card from the local tournament. And then I'm playing a couple teams. We lost. I remember there's a big match against the Baumgren brothers. Yeah, Brian and, and Tim. Won in, uh-huh. And we won in three. And then I was like, I can do this. And after that, never had qualified for anything. Never. I, I, I don't even think I had won an open, a local open tournament there. Or sorry, before the bid, I don't think I've won like any local tournament. That was like my first, like one of my first open tournaments that I won. Um, played that and then qualified or got the wild card for Jose Cuervo. And I think we played. Uh, we lost the first one, played a qualifier team, won, beat the Baumgren brothers, and then we had to play, if I remember, Ty Trembley and Avery Dross, and we lost. Yeah. Man, I, I, I don't know. I, was that or close to 2000, what, 10, 2015? No, not 15. That was like that was like 2010 or 11. Right. Yeah, yeah. that was like two, uh, 2009. Yeah, that was like 11, 2011. Yeah. I'm just trying to paint a picture in my head where Ty Trembley was like up here. Yeah. He, was, he was probably like fresh out of college. He was sitting at, at Cal Northridge. You know, he's probably two years removed from, from setting. And Jay Avery Dross, yeah, yeah. you know, young stud at that time, playing some of his better volleyball it. now. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, the first time I saw Avery Dross is AVP New York. He's playing back row defense uh, with Bill Kalinske. And they made the, oh, semi, nice. they made the semifinals in New York that year. So yeah, cool man. Interesting story. I always like to ask a lot of my my, my players who are still active players, and and mm-hmm. a lot of my former players, um, who like like if I ask Casey Jennings that, I bet you he'll remember that too. You know, and yeah. he's he's like and, then, and, and he's then, like three decades yeah, removed to, from that epiphany. <clears throat> yeah, and then went to Belmar and then got crushed. Yeah. <laughs> so it Angel Angel um Angel David Dache wants to know who who's the UNCW girl. Um. Ooh. Well, he's from up there. Um. Right. Sab- uh, Sabrina. That's all I'm gonna say. All right. Cool. Yeah. Don't want to put there, but if if he knows Sabrina, I mean, you can look her up. But yes. Yeah. Um. Uh, while I'm looking at questions, fuck it. Um. This. Yeah. Ask um, us. Kyle Farringham says, "All right, dude. Six match of the day. Besides being fit." How do you recover between matches? <laughs> ah, wait, between matches or yeah. like after a tournament? No, between matches. After a tournament, come on. Obvi- I mean, you know, we... we <laughs> Honestly, we just lay in bed cramped up. <laughs> okay. if, if, if you want to know the truth, um, I would say a big part of it has to do with, um, obviously, you know, doing like a warm down, um, lactic acid rolling out, but it's a lot of trial and error. Um, for me personally, especially in Florida, because in Florida, I'll tell you what, we'll play five matches in a day, sometimes six, depending on how many teams. And it's 96 yeah. with 80% humidity and feels like 102. And that preps us for all these tournaments. Yeah. That preps us. You have New York humidity I, in Florida. Yeah. 
And, and when I tell you, like, if you're a volleyball player and you haven't, uh, like, cramped in Florida, that's very odd. That's very, very rare because if you're playing from the morning till evening and you're not twitching or something, it, it's tough. I mean, you know, you try to, like, for example, like, the guys that know they're going to kind of make it pretty decently far, they reserve their energy in the first couple matches, which give them, like, you know, a little bit easier draws depending on – who shows up also, and you conserve your energy, smaller jumps, um, placing shots, you know, not um, using, like trying to go through the game really fast, knowing the moment of the time that you're playing. Like if you're playing at 12, you want to get in and out of that match. Like you, you want to get in and out. Yeah. But um, I would say between matches, um, like for me personally, if it's the AVP, if I'm done, I would finish up, sit down, walk over, I would do my rollouts first. I would roll out my legs and then I would do a deep stretch if I don't have to play until like an hour and a half. And then if I have to play 30 minutes, I would still do dynamic warm down. So I would still do light like lunges, not super deep, just keep the muscles moving, but I would still roll out for sure. And then the supplements you put, like for me, I'm a I'm a big salt guy. Yeah. Especially being in Florida, you sweat it out like Himalayan salt water. Yeah. Zinc is important too, right? Zinc. Yep. Yeah. Zinc and right. magnesium. Yeah. That's the big uh opener to absorb all that stuff. Yeah. For me, um I worked in a cardiology practice and my boss wrote a book called Doctor What Should I Eat? He's he's his name is Doctor Isidore Rosenfeld, God rest his soul. Um, doc, kind of his doctor of the stars, you know, Ron Howard's our patient, you know, Walter Matthau, Milos Foreman. But um, he wrote a book called Doctor, What Should I Eat? And and I was like, wait a second, instead of taking a pill or an injection or or a supplement, if I eat the right foods consistently or this consistently, I'm good to go. And now yeah. at the time, now at the time yeah. D- David, I was 260 pounds. And and when me and my I had a, a marriage, me and my wife split. I just decided I wanted to get in shape, so I started talking to pharmaceutical yeah. reps as far as supplements and this and that. But I but I started reading this guy's book, and I started. I used to eat twice a day, and then I started eating six times a day, five times, mm-hmm. five times if I wasn't training for volleyball. And then it's awesome. Like I mean, dude, like if you're looking for a good fat burner, avocados there. It's a top ten, yeah, right? A dark yeah. chocolate, you know, eggs, turkey dark legs. If yeah. um, you're looking for testosterone, don't take the fucking shot. Brazil nuts. You know, it's very, very good mm-hmm. uh, for testosterone boosters. But it has to be part of your lifestyle. You don't just pop it like, you know, oh, Popeye needs a, a spinach. Before, yeah. You know, kick the yeah, fat, yeah, yeah. kick the fat ass uh, sailor to, you know, for the right to to claim the skinny girl. Um, so, yeah, so that taught yeah. me a lot. I lost sixty pounds. I went from two sixty five yeah. to, well, cumulatively, cumulatively, I lost sixty pounds. I got as far as one eighty six, so that was like seventy seven yeah. pounds. But if yeah, you, you, if you know bone structures, Dave, like I'm pretty yeah. wide well, here and here. Much. Like one eighty six was really wide, for, was really light yeah. for me. So anywhere from one ninety five to two hundred, that's my that's that's called the um, volleyball playing weight. Um, yeah, yeah, I you hear know, you there on that. I wanted to explore because um, I'm. I know it's late there, and and look, my time's valuable. But what you're doing, your time's exceptionally valuable. So I, you know, I'm trying. No, I mean, to, hey, I'm respect look, that. I mean, you know, yeah. who, I mean, who knows when's the next one? So I would say, fire away. I mean, I mean yeah, what's what it. can't a coffee handle in the morning that fixes all? You know, and, and plus, like I said, when I coach 
and I, I may get fired up, like the tiredness goes away. So yeah, I would say ask away, get into mm-hmm. it. If people want to ask some like serious questions, like personal questions, I'm an open book. All right. I'm going to uh, talk about something that applies to me and I'm going to see how much of it applies to you. Um, I've okay. been coaching 21 years. I've been playing for 30, predominantly indoor. I've only been to this beach thing like five years. Central Park doesn't count, right? Central Park is, the you go there, there's there's no sun. It's covered by trees. And the indoor right. players, we use that to cross train for indoor, you know? And the right. beach guys use us, of course, because we're, you know, indoor, right. you bring that blocking technique and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so... I'm interviewing for an NCAA job and I'm interviewing for a high school job. I'm interviewing for a club job, whatever. And one of the questions I'm always asked is what is your strength, your coaching strength? And my strength is this and bear with me on this because I'm going somewhere. Um, I personalize my work. Like we said in the beginning of the podcast, the the, volleyball doesn't just finish for me when I leave the court. You know, I live in the video room like a hermit. I study the other team. I look at, I look at mathematical patterns. Never, never mind psychological. You know, cross, cross, block. So then, Dave, when they asked me what my weakness was, I personalize my work. <laughs> yeah, I personalize my work again. When your escapism becomes your career, and when things don't go your way, fucking hurts. <laughs> it hurts. Yeah, a lot. How much of what I said? applies to you as a coach i'm gonna go i I could go player and coach but let's go coach do you in other words do you detach well detach from my business and like coaching that to be clear i guess my question is when something doesn't go your way and because you're so invested in it how 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 well do you shake it off does it like you're in your house right now, do, okay. you, do you leave it at the okay, door yeah. and you close the door behind you? Talk to nope. me. Ooh, that's actually a good question. That's a great question. So especially if, for me, I guess, um, just as the type of person that I am, I, I, I try to be a pleaser, especially when it comes to coaching. Why? Because it's close to my heart. I want to help the kids. I want them better. So if it's something where they're just not getting it or – Maybe there was some confrontation with a parent or something. Like, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, I take it past the door. It's not something where, you know, like, it's just like, oh, okay, walk through the door, forget it. Like, I, I take it with me. Sometimes I'll even be on my phone, like, scrolling through things just to, like, distract yourself. But these thoughts will go into your head and you'll fall asleep. Like, oh, wow, my phone didn't charge or whatever and wake up at, like, 3 in the morning. And that's the first thing that pops in your mind. Um so I would say when I was, because I started coaching when I was 18, started coaching little ones like the six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, like, oh, just put your hands together. And then God so I've been bless. doing it for about 10 years now. Um, and I'll tell you what, when I was younger, horrible, horrible. I would handle it really bad. I would let it bother me for weeks, weeks and weeks and weeks. But I just let it bother me, but I would complain about it. And once I started figuring it out, that coaching can be relatable to your game. If you got served twice and you, let's say, hit two balls cross and they dug you twice and they put it away, boom, with authority, are you going to complain and whine or are you going to figure something out to change your game even though it makes you uncomfortable, right, something you're not used to and maybe you're just not having the set of your life and you're just not playing well 
you can't connect with your partner, are you willing to see the outside bigger picture to change something drastically? Maybe you've never ran a shoot set. Maybe you've never ran a backside. Maybe you've never ran a quick on the beach. But it can change you and it can change your momentum to see the bigger picture and to get what you're trying to accomplish. So when I figured that out and I related it to volleyball, coaching-wise, I was like, okay, maybe the way that I'm seeing it is not the way they're seeing it. So let me try to see it the way they're seeing it and then understand and try to still help them, even though it might not benefit me right now at this given moment. In the long term, it's definitely going to pay off. Yeah, I totally see where you're coming from. I think the thing that's helped me is there was a show on HBO called The Wire. Um, You know, police drama, but it really shows just the life of the kids, kids in Baltimore and like the drug trafficking. And then then one season is the politics and then one is like unions. But there's a particular character named Detective McNulty. Dominic West, is he's the actor. He's a Brit that learned, um, took a year and learned a Baltimore accent, and was just and just convinced the world that like no one. If you've never seen Dominic West, you you would have never known he was a Brit. So basically, his character is a is a cop. His life is fucked up. He's got a wife, two kids. He cheats on her all the time. They they got separated, and then they're back together. Separated, and back together. Um, he treats everyone around him like crap. And the only thing that he does well, and his escapism was the the police work. This man was good police. He was not bad police because there are people who are good. Who there are people who are good. There are cops who are good with their families at home, but they're just bad police because they assume everyone's yeah. a piece of shit. And you know, and and we could definitely get into that at some point. But but um. He, his escapism, the only thing that helped him uh, cope with everything was, was good police work. And eventually he had to retire because he, he got so deep into it. When it got personal, he did things about it that, that led to his demise. The last season, he invented a serial killer because they cut, they, they slashed police funding. So he invented a serial killer that was uh, uh, supposedly preying on the homeless and killing homeless people. He was just taking homeless people wow. and driving them somewhere else because homeless people were coming up missing. <laughs> and right, yeah. and he, he got his funding and the police got funding, but the funding was used to take down a drug racketeering uh, a kingpin named Marlo. They, they had Marlo by the balls, they had a wire on him, and then they got cut. And then the, the major crimes unit got, the entire unit got cut. So the only, and out of desperation, he invented a serial killer and then he used the funds that they were supposed to be using to look for the serial killer to take down Marlo. Right. And at the end, and you're going to love this, at the end, one of his partners told him something that stuck with me and it still sticks to me and sometimes makes me cry. He said, McNulty, the job can't save your ass. What you doing out there, you know, busting this, taking down this case, taking down that case. At the end of the day, you have to have something else. When your escapism becomes your career, and you see where I'm getting at now, when your escapism becomes your career, and volleyball saved us in so many ways. Dude, I was homeless. Yeah. I got kicked out. I was sleeping on trains. You know, I, I mean, I, I, got, right. I lived through some dark times, dude. You know, I got, I'm sitting there working at McDonald's trying to scrounge up some change for to give, to rent an apartment and right. I fall asleep on the train. My pocket gets cut by a bunch of homeless guys with a razor blade and they took all my money. So, so I went through some scary things where volleyball saved my life so many ways. But at the end of the day, if 
Your strength is your weakness. If you personalize your work and you don't know how to compartmentalize that. And if volleyball is the only thing you have, which is what I have now, which is what you have now, you have to have something else to wax on, wax off. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to say, in the, I said in the beginning, but I want to finish by saying it again. And for everybody listening, look at me. The camera's on me. The job can't save your ass. Mm -hmm. It'll save you for a little bit and it'll bail you out and you will think it's the end all, the be all. Volleyball is life and that is not untrue. That is true. Volleyball is life. Volleyball is life, but it cannot save your ass. And, this, uh, and that's something, uh, I mean, maybe I could just close that subject on that um, or if there's anything you want to add to that. Um, <clears throat> shit, it's a um, podcast. No, add something to that. <laughs> no, definitely. I, I agree. Uh, it's funny because I was talking to, I don't know if you know a guy named Ken Ammons. Yeah. Do you know Ken? I, I know of him. He doesn't know me. Jacksonville. Know yep. So so we're really good friends. We were texting, and uh, it was funny because I was like, yeah, man, I've been coaching a lot. Mm. And uh, he said something. I was like, I, I agree. And he's like, just make sure you find some you time and you do stuff that's not coaching. And I said, you hit the head on the nail. And if you don't have, like you said, that's something else, it, it, it becomes very difficult. Yeah. Very, very difficult. You know, it's weird. I think that's that mentality of yours is what leads you to just do whatever you want. Like AVP is a very incestuous thing and like partners dump partners and it gets personal and this and that. But the thing I like about you is you don't give a fuck who you play with. No. We, you got, we are, right, I'm with you and Jeff. We're at the restaurant. I'm going to take you back. And you, you remember, you have to remember this. Um, Jeff is like, so we're, are we going to, we're going to play at um, Austin, right? And he's like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play with Dana, Dana Camacho, Dana. and Jeff is like, have you seen what Dana looks like? And I'm like, I'm like, hey man, I've, I've, I've seen his game. I know what he's capable of. Yes. And we can do it. We you, can do it. We thought you were crazy. We were like, dude, no. we was like, yo, take this. You see this thing over here? All right, I ain't gonna yeah. share what's in this glass, all right? But we we thought maybe you had one of these things on your chair nope, next to you. Nope. We're like, take that shit away from him. But so, and the only reason why I brought up it, someone posted, someone posted like, and I'll tell you the question later. But go ahead. But if it wasn't for, um, I mean, it was tough. We we had a rough. We had to play four full matches. I think if we would have played three, we would have been in for sure because we played four, and that's tough. Just just for anyone in general, four matches. You know, Dana. And, you know, legs got a little gassed out. You know, I mean, I was, I was a little tired too, four matches in one day. So it was just tough in general. But, and our first one went to three. The other ones, I think, finished in two. Um, but if it was three, we would have been in. And guess what? I think if I remember, I counted the points right. Guess who we would have played first? Played uh, Jake and Taylor, right? We would have, uh, no, we would have played Phil. Oh, Phil and Nick. On stadium. Yep, on stadium court. And guess what Dana would have done on stadium court against Phil and Nick from Florida? Skyball. He would have skyballed every single ball. And here's the thing. People are like, He's a poor oh. man's carambola, man. He's got a good game. <laughs> like, And people are like, oh, but Dana does this. And Dana was like, I don't care if he plays volleyball. I could care if he's doing cartwheels or backflips. It doesn't matter. It, it's the sport. If, if the person playing with him isn't strong-willed enough, to handle that then maybe you shouldn't be playing with someone like that 
Yeah. Like for me, I, I could care less what he says, what he chirps to the crowd. He was smoking a cigarette, drinking a yeah. bottle of soda on the time out. The technical timeout. I'm like, I'm like, dude, if, if that gets in the zone, get get it in the zone. Yeah, get it in the zone. I don't care. Like, whatever. It's like, are you, you seriously you. smoking? Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I learned I learned at a young age that when you try to control your partner or like micromanage your partner it's a mess yeah it's a mess Hot. so i was just like eh, whatever you want i don't care nah. smoke a whole pack right now nah, you don't the reason why he played so well to begin with the thing that gave him his edge to begin are those things that he does and those quirky things so you try to normalize dana all he looks like is an out of shape guy trying to play volleyball no he he he's gonna he's already told himself a decade ago, a decade and a half ago, this is how I'm gonna go out. Smoking cigarettes, drinking, and a blaze of glory. I chose he chose his path mindfully, willfully, uh, and man, he got you as a partner who actually knows and respects that and 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 the reason why I even brought that up is because JJ Kalina was like uh Dequiz in the house. Dave Phyllis ah, on Dave Phyllis in on the Austin quality you played with Dana and almost made it in. <laughs> oh I saw gosh. that. Look, me and Jeff, uh, I'm gonna tease Jeff from now, okay? Like like Jeff probably looked at him and said, you know what? This dude took Dana Camacho and made the last round of the qualifier with four matches and we couldn't qualify. I'm taking the rest of the year off. <laughs> Something wrong with me. And, <laughs> and, and we we be we be good teams. We be yeah. uh the first round, I forgot the guys. I think they were local Texas guys. Mm -hmm. Um and we and we we beat them in three second. We played Rafi and Dentler. That's yeah, a good team. That is we that's played a, them. That's a draw team. Then, that's a bottom of the yeah. draw team, yeah. And then we played Lindsay and Hamilton, beat them. That's a good team. They were finishing really well in the NBL, and they were like, all right, we're local. We're in Texas. Why not? Beat them. Good team. And then um, at the end, you know, we ran out of gas, played another good team. And, you know, but it is what it is. But, man, if, if, if there was a genius at one wish, what would it be? I would be like, to qualify for that tournament just so I can be like, yeah. Dan and I made that qualifier when everybody's like, what are you doing? It's a nah, blah, blah, blah. And also, so I can see Dana and just sit back and we'll watch some skyball fill in there. That would have been awesome. And that was a bizarre to tournament, dude. Yeah. That was yeah, a bizarre yeah. tournament. And I'll tell you why. Like, if you looked at the draw, the one seed, Taylor Crab, right? And, um,. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he was partying the night before or whatever rock they had to kick they had to kick over the maybe you know what I was thinking? I was thinking maybe six guys from the bar just like Mosh Pit carried him to the fucking center court and just threw him on. They lost to Gabriel Espina mm -hmm. and Paul Lotman, right? And I, then I didn't you had see that match, but yeah, I saw the scores. So the, the one the seed gone first round. The women's one seed gone. Uh, Betsy gone. Flint uh, um, gone first round, and then eventually lost uh, in the contenders bracket to Fallon for Noi Moana and the other chick from USC. I can't remember her name right now. I'm actually looking at Beach Volleyball Database just to see who you um yeah who you beat. I'm just trying to see if I could just for, if BVB.info. Yeah, for Austin. I'm just trying to pull that up. Yeah, no, it was definitely, uh, mm. definitely a good, uh, a good tournament. We had a good run. That that fourth match, that's what got us. I mean, four matches in one day in a matter of what? We started at eight, finished around six, 12 hours, less than twelve hours. That's tough. That's tough in that general, is, just for anyone. Yeah, that is. 
And I, again, I'm so impressed because it was four matches and I co-signed, uh, dude, I co-signed with you. I think I, there's no doubt in my mind. And this is opinion based on historical fact of watching you play and watching Dana play. There's no doubt in my mind that if you didn't have to play four matches, <laughs> if you didn't have to play four matches, if you only, let's say you only played three. All right. I got it. It would have been a lot more interesting. I got it. Dolanese and Hellman. All right, so first round, you had to play Dentler and Paulus. You won 2-0. No, that was, our, uh, that was our second, second round. round. Yeah, here it is. Pulling it up right now. Yeah. Dentler and Paulus, right there. Yeah. You won, 20 to, won two sets to zero. Hamilton, good player. Uh, Lindsay, mm -hmm. a lot mm -hmm. of people don't know if they're good players, but if you beat you be Kyle, be Kyle Reddy and Connors, you did shit, okay? So that's yeah. two sets to zero on them. And then you have Delanese and Hillman. Hillman, very good grass player. I always see him play grass threes at the boat ride. If, mm -hmm. that's, the, if, if that's the right Hillman. Do I have the right Hillman? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. So let's see if there was another question before I, I, I get you at. Uh, let you go. Who's the UNC girl? Oh, snap. Let me put this on big TV. Shout out from Gastown, Todd Sloan. Nice. <laughs> Don't we love us some Todd? It's Todd. We love How us some doing? Todd, man. Let me let me ask you a question. Go ahead. So, what do you think is the biggest strength of the AVP and the biggest weakness of the AVP? Right now, the biggest strength is Amazon Prime. Uh, putting it on um, because the whole damn world's gone digital because cable, if you live in a big house and three cable boxes with just a regular package is going to cost you $311 a month. People are cutting the cable, they're live streaming everything and Amazon Prime um, had everything except sports and sent some people that, that don't watch a lot of sports that only watch, let's say they only watch beach volleyball. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm good. So Amazon Prime is the best thing. If I'm, if we're just talking last five years. All right. The best thing that happened to Amazon sure, yeah, Prime. Yeah. The best thing yeah, that happened to AVP was Amazon time, Prime. Man. The worst thing that happened to AVP was uh, the feud with Kerry Waltz. That got ugly. You know, it involved lawsuits. It also involved Donald's son just saying, hey, you know what? I'm tired of people just siding out for a victory. We're going to do something called a scoring freeze, which I thought at the time, I thought he was out of his fucking mind. And a lot of people still do think that. But I um, and you know me, I'm not. I'm not going to be, um, let's just say I'm not going to sugarcoat things because I'm afraid to, I'll get banned for somewhere. Like, in other words, I'm not this way because I'm on camera. I'm on camera because I'm this way. So I'll just, I'll just right. say that before I finish what I'm going to say. I hold both of them culpable because Kerry Walsh is basically using that as a platform, platform to, uh, to, uh, uh, for, um, for saying, hey, you know, we sh we need we need better salaries. You guys, you know, you guys are professionals, and you live in your dad's garage. We have to do more. We have to do this. We have to do that. And she's right, but she had to have the falling out with Donald's son to say that. Okay, I, I love and respect Carrie Walsh, and she's not gonna like what I have to say. And maybe Casey Jennings gonna be waiting out, out my house, ready to scrap for what I'm about to say next. Where the fuck was she before that? Was Carrie Walsh about the kids? Was she care? Was she about salaries and this and that? Maybe, but I didn't hear a peep about that until she had that falling out with Donald. That that had to be the inciting incident that led to that. So I don't even know if that's a bad thing either. Maybe that's a good thing because maybe she was always like that and just finally broke her silence, 
or she or that had to be the inciting incident to be like no you know i'm gonna make my own league where they're gonna pay a little bit more and this and that so the best thing that happened yeah. was amazon prime and the worst thing that happened was this this split down the middle on opinions between kerry walsh and donald's son and donald's son was fucking worse than dana white like uh, and not even dana white's like this dana white's like you never hear dana white say you're banned from the ufc if you talk shit yeah all right yeah i mean donald's son went off you're banned you're banned you're banned like a fucking mm -hmm. baby dude you know so and um and i talked to jeff conover about this because he knows i've been critical about this and jeff conover told me as long as your criticism is fair we ain't got a problem with that my criticism right now um about him is fair he's awesome right now this amazon prime thing is awesome the 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 scoring freeze turned out to be tremendously great it's 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 everybody's loving it it's exciting for the sport so maybe he maybe i was wrong about him maybe i was just like f this dude and, and a few years down the line i'm like wow maybe i needed to be banned <laughs> so i could understand this stuff but the worst thing right. that happened was was taking your best the most popular player in beach volleyball male or female the most popular player in the sport not just the u.s the most popular female player in the history of the sport is split down the middle with 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 the, with something that's supposed to be the gold standard for professional beach volleyball and i'll tell you this it was great great opportunity for nvl they dropped the ball big time great opportunity for world series of beach volleyball go to long beach that the nvl had that co-promotion i think you won with miles evans miles you yeah. beat dentler and merrick it's crazy how yeah. it all comes comes back to you guys um so i hold the both of them responsible for that falling out because that you're messing with people's careers right casey jennings still not allowed to play bill kalinsky got banned because he, they heard he was talking shit about the AVP on a certain podcast. Well, I wonder which podcast that would be. He was only on a podcast twice. That was mine. And if you go back, at no time, no time did he ever say anything critical about the AVP. He said something about himself. He said, I just want to be able to do this professionally and make a living. Basically, he was talking about competing outside of the AVP when they're not in competition. And that's what you would want, right? You would want year-round competition where you got some kind of incoming salary, which I, which is why I thought P1440 was great. Fuck it, you want to do it on Halloween, Thanksgiving, just before Christmas? I'm with it. International players are invited too? Where do I sign yeah. up? You know, so so um, I'm glad that they've all come full circle. And when I say full circle, Kerry's doing fine. Casey's doing fine. Everybody thinks, oh, P1440 is dead. No, they're not. I think they have like uh, uh, over a quarter of a billion dollars, like $250 million invested and a contract with ESPN. And my guess, they're waiting, I think they're just waiting for contracts to be to be over because they uh, some the made everyone sign a three-year contract. And I think this is the last year. And, may, and maybe they move in then. But um, listen, it's all come full circle where Jacob Gibb, when he won Hawaii, got on the microphone and said, big shout out to Donald's son for making all this happen. And every, everyone had to eat it because they were right. Donald's son, uh, this whole thing came full circle where he came out smelling like a rose. It was crazy. It was like Kaepernick taking a knee. And everybody's like, has this guy lost his mind? What the hell has one thing got to do with the other? And now <laughs> he's looking pretty good right now, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, not the comparison on the social level, but just the comparison of coming full circle where like people don't understand, but just have a, have a little faith and it'll come back. So, so Donald's son, if you're listening, you know what?
of my criticism i'm hard i am hard but i am but we both know i am fair and it's and it's also come full circle big up to you for making this happen man i'm really really happy um with where it is now and now dave Ooh, right where does it go what do they do what's gonna happen now? so i have a follow-up question and this is for my florida people let's do it because i've been true to my florida people mm-hmm. Why has the AVP, in your opinion, stopped coming to Florida? And should they come back to Florida? There's no reason why they, they should not come back to Florida. And why they stopped coming to Florida, um, I don't know. I think when you shorten your tournament to six stops or eight stops, you have to cut something. But, and, and right, they cut Cincinnati. Um, sure. This year, yeah. they, they um, uh, last year, they cut San Francisco which is a great crowd. I believe Arafu and Ed Ratledge won that one. And let me tell you something. Those get those, they got, they got an Asian population that comes out full force for beach volleyball. But to answer your question, Florida is a year round, a warm place to play. And it's somewhere that they could do. They could finish. You know how they start Huntington. There's no reason why they shouldn't do it. They should finish in Florida. Florida, there's this healthy competition in the qualifiers, uh, great local talent. And if for me, if you can do New York, and if you can do Seattle, you can definitely do Florida, you know? Um, I, I mean, the FIVB, they should come back then do the five-star there. It's just it's just easier to land. It's easier to travel there. Um, so why has the AVP stopped going to Florida? I just think that they, uh, when they cut down to eight, eight stops, they had to pick their, their places wisely as far as maybe it's maybe there's money. Maybe there's, there's permits involved in this and that. I don't think anyone in the AVP hates Florida. There's good competition there. And clearly oh, you, no, no. No, clearly nothing, you showed that, that you could take Dana just rolling a, off the couch. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Just, just, a, just a curiosity. Yeah. I mean, Does that make sense, though? Has, Does my answer make sense, though? Yeah. Do you think it has yeah. something to do with weather, conditions? Nope. Nope. I think it's money, permits. And yeah, I mean, permits, so, that's easy. Yeah. Because my guy, Diogo Sosa, runs mm. Dig the Beach. I mean, don't you think Phil and Nick would like that? Don't you think Phil and Nick would be down with that? (laughs) Of course they would. And the fact that they live in Orlando and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Ricardo lives in Orlando now. Rafu lives in Orlando. Piotr lives in Port St. Lucie. The boys are back. Let's see. JJ Kalina said they were coming down during the rainy season and very humid. Heard sponsors dropped at times. Jason is correct on season ender in Florida. Um, Florida would be the reason why I even thought that is because when P1440 when they finish at Huntington Beach everybody was talking about low turnout this low, low turnout that but I don't want to talk about that I want to talk about the people that actually did come they had the time of their lives Ricardo said my son is there I, this is the best time I've ever had in my life you had certain players and families yeah, they were, they were like in, yeah. they were in tears they were in tears and yeah. that was that wasn't even like a, a tournament tournament that was a, a king in uh, um, a king of the beach yeah, format yeah. and the young guns uh, thing that yeah. Mexico one, Tiwi and Antiveros um, beat Eric Zahn and, and um, Dross in the semifinals. That was the yeah. best. That yeah. was Zahn's best performance and uh, in, in a losing effort or a winning effort. I've never seen. I was like, every time you tested him, he made you pay. They ended up having to serve Dross. You know, yeah. and Drost with, with Zahn, one of the best three setters in beach volleyball at the time. You can't hit his sets. That's that's on you. <laughs> respect. Yeah. I respect every Drost, wherever you are, but that's on you, right? The best three setters in beach volleyball right now are Rafa Rodriguez, 
All right. Um, Zon, uh, well, not not Zon. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't even I can I can name three anymore. One's one's no longer with us. God, God rest his soul. Yeah. Um, Rafu, you give me someone who's one of the better setters, hand setters on a beach volley on a beach volleyball scene. Who's one? Give me one. Skyler's pretty good. Yeah, Skyler's Skyler's awesome. pretty good. Yep. Yeah. Because if if he has someone, I mean, you know, Ed's great. Ed's got long arms, but if he has someone that's. Uh, dynamic i think he can move the ball around like someone that loves running like shoots and backs and quicks and like fakes he'll put it there he'll definitely put it there yeah i'm so glad you asked me that question because um hermosa beach you know i was coaching jake and um and um earl right um and i got them into the main draw and it was it was cool because it's not like i, I was coaching a team that was already in the draw right right you know if i if i still feel like i'm a stranger or an imposter in the tent how about I coach a team in the qualifiers. How about I punch my own ticket? So that was a good moment for me. It was also my birthday. So, uh, oh, but nice. the last game, I came up to him. I said, Donald, let me shake your hand, man. I love what's going on right now. I love what's going on right now. But the person I want to shout out right now um, is Jeff, Jeff Conover. Conover. Jeff Conover, yeah. the guy behind the scenes who, if he talked more, he would be the Dana White of um yeah the dana white ufc the ufc dana white of beach volleyball if he talked he more, he's the guy smooth. he's the guy that makes things happen he's the guy that reaches out to players he's the guy who makes sure everything runs smoothly and he's the guy that came up to me and says you know what say what you want in your podcast as long as it's fair you know and 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 i mean as far as my language everybody knows there's some things that ain't gonna change i'm just gonna i'm gonna talk how i'm gonna talk you know right. and and also the avp as much as i love and respect the avp and p1440 they don't they don't navigate our bottom line right you you didn't get to watch a single match today why because your bottom line is something else you were coaching 54 yeah. girls all right me yeah. my bottom line right now i got a three-year-old i'm not i am not i refuse to let life like That's watch watch that girl life. be six feet tall in, in in a day and i'm like where's all that time gone this this COVID yeah. thing i'm good at doing nothing dave <laughs> if yeah. the government's telling me to stay home and play video games and play with my kid i'm guess what i'm gonna do that you know so yeah i, I like that i like that and i love what we what we was talking about here man i know oh my god it's 11 22 out there <laughs> oh yeah so do you think uh go ahead AVPs, we're going to see some AVP in Florida, maybe yes. rally up social media, br bring the hype, maybe yeah. get a petition. Go, I, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, imagine yeah. you put it somewhere, let's say somewhere even, somewhere fun, Orlando, Disney World theme, something where you can put a couple courts, bring in some sand, make if, a trip to, to Disney World yeah. with the players some media for the AVP, Disney World AVP. Like, there's so much possibilities. Yeah, definitely. And as far as getting sponsors, like sponsors like to sponsor people who watch the sport. They watch the sport. They're going to see They're going to see the billboards. They're going to see the commercial time. And Orlando would pack it in because they're just big on beach volleyball and they don't care if it's the FE, AVP, they don't care if it's the NVL, they don't care if it's FIVB, they're all gonna be there. I think that if enough voices, like you just said, you ascertained, if enough voices say Florida, Florida, let's go, let's make it happen, Florida, let's make it happen, Florida, let's make it happen, that they will go. It's the reason why they stay in Chicago every year. I mean, Chicago mm -hmm. logistically has to, can't, it's not, it doesn't seem like an easy place to set up beach, right? 
but they do it no, because because it. Chicago yeah. has a, a huge indoor indoor population. I mean, you if you look at the the MIVA, it's it's not a big surprise to see the MIVA play each other in the semis or finals between Lewis University, Ohio State. Uh, um, if you look at the last 10 champions, right? Ohio State three times, uh, um, Loyola Chicago twice. Loyola Chicago beating Division Two Lewis. So, mm-hmm. you know, where the hell was the NPSF, right? Where was the Big West? Yeah. <laughs> EIVA <laughs> disappeared. I mean, Harvard won one for Christ's sakes. Um, so they made Chicago happen. They made New York happen, and New York, we both know, has a huge immigration population. You're going to probably, you're West Indian, you're probably going to find more West Indian players in New York than you will, yeah. than, than, you, than you're in your homeland. Uh, yeah, you're going exactly. to find more Puerto Ricans in New York than San Juan. That is a statistical fact. There are more Puerto Ricans yeah. in New York City than there are in the city of San Juan. How's, that's some stats for your I ass. Can, I, can, so, I, I, can, uh, I can believe that, yeah. So if they can make Chicago happen, if they can make New York happen, and New York was a smashing success, they moved uh, Pier 25 up the hill a quarter of a mile and had stay and play games at um at uh, Pier 25. So Jeff got eliminated, but everyone got to play in that and get you know get some cheddar cheese at the end. And right, the crowd yeah. was nostalgic. If they, they can generate that nostalgia in the city, where people have to cross a highway just to get just to get to where they set up the courts. Exactly. Florida, look out! The sponsors will come running on bended knee. Donaldson, if you're listening, I hope you're listening because I want you to take all of this with a grain of salt and I want you to take the praise too because uh, I speak for this man with me uh, that's on this podcast with me. We could be a little hard sometimes, but at no time, and, and I cite anybody the name of time that Dave Palm has ever been unfair about, about anything as for in regards to volleyball. Me, I've been unfair plenty of times, but I think I've just matured. <laughs> or even, yeah. I don't know, maybe, I mean, I know those permits are expensive, but... Mm-hmm. A little AVP South Beach all over again. Get the players coming out to the nightclubs, you know. And as far as getting to it, around the world. and as far as making it easy to get to, right? South Beach? So easy. Yeah, just walk on the beach. You park your car on the beach, Oof. get out. Oof, it's nice. If you haven't been, if you haven't been, you need to come. It's, yeah, got to nice. get that. Got to get that. I understand that it's I'm easier. Sure uh, their headquarters the is South in California. Community, yeah, I know the South Beach community would love if the AVP, well, I, I'm, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if the South Beach community wouldn't take matters in their own hands and go, Donald son, we'll take care of logistics for everyone. We'll make it happen. We'll make sure everyone has a nice bed to sleep in because they just know so many people. That's yeah. how big the South Beach community is. Well, I'll finish by saying this. Uh, listen, they're, they're headquartered in California. So Manhattan beach stays Hermosa beach back, Makes sense. back, yeah, seven, yeah. back Makes you know, seven year absence. That's there to stay because that crowd generated stuff. Huntington beach. Fine. You know what it is, what it is. Yeah, so yeah, of course. if they have to, if they want to keep eight stops and if they have to drop a stop on the tour to make this happen, um, I like Austin drop Seattle. They already dropped San Francisco for, they dropped San Fran, San Fran for Hawaii. Zahn and I played that in yeah. Seattle. It was free. Seattle I mean, going to be person, mad at me, but come beautiful, on. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. I would tell you, very beautiful. A lot of history. Um, Good food. Temp- way too cold. Good, Good food. food. Just yeah. way too cold. <laughs> way too cold. Yeah, so if, if if I had to name eight stops, let's just do the, Cal- the, the big three first. Huntington, Hermosa, and Manhattan Beach. That's your three, right? Austin. This, it's just too big down there. I mean, particularly yeah, like the way the, the Cannoli big, yeah. Rochitz, young young talent leading the charge. So that's four, right? Four. I did the big three and four. New York, 
It's five, Chicago six. Hawaii seven. Let's do Florida. Florida eight. Yeah. Eight corners. So in eight stops, what first. has to go? And in the eight stops, Seattle. It was it? Yeah. Seattle. Yeah. Hey, for any everybody listening, and, and there's a ton of comments on this thing right now. <laughs> for anybody listening, you're going to see the replay on this on NY Varsity Sports on my Facebook handle. I have a lot of um, uh, followers from English-speaking countries, the UK, Argentina, um, um, Chile. They're big on the Grimalts, and I, I actually tape a lot of the Grimalts games, so I have some following out there. Um, Australia. So... Right now, it's it's killing it. My, this this podcast is killing it on Facebook, uh, um, NY Varsity Sports. But YouTube is only like twenty views because used to YouTube wants me to pay to promote it. And forty, let me tell you something. Oh, wow. Forty two episodes in, I probably will. There's a reason why you watch a volleyball video and you look on the right, you look at suggested post. Why aren't more volleyball videos coming up? Why do I care about what the hell Khloe Kardashian is doing with our breast? What the hell is what the hell as far as subject matter? What the hell does one thing have to do with the other? They're paying to promote it right damn algorithms yeah. yeah so i just gotta crack once i crack the code i'll definitely get more views not 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 facebook worthy because again i just it's a snowball rolling down the hill Nine thousand five hundred views an episode is not bad for a volleyball podcast yeah. <laughs> you no, know and good. thanks to everybody listening man i god bless you because they know i could yap and they want me to shut the fuck up sometimes but they put up with me because i got good guests like you <laughs> <laughs> some people people like thank, you put me you. up my dude yeah yeah thanks for having me i, I appreciate you taking your time um mm. and just uh thanks for the questions and once again later on if if you pencil in some juicy questions or or whatever it is like i said i'm more than welcome to answer anything definitely i'm, I'm gonna try to get doug dougie fresh next week because <laughs> he was on last last year for my birthday and, yeah um and we'll probably have to do it zoom because again i'm taking my own show um yeah but, you gotta ask him but how i would was love this, uh, a weekend coaching yeah. how was this weekend coaching yeah definitely man austin isn't going anywhere but i'm ready for florida that is carl hey carl atx carl you hey know? all you texas people all you cali people come to florida we'll take care of you we'll treat you with the right culture we got we'll you back. clubs we'll teach you how to dance a little bit you know we got mm. you guys. We got yeah. you guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, listen, New York, we're teaching people how to make pizza. I mean, for me, I there just, you go. I'm suffering here right now, dude. I'm suffering. There's a place called Mickey's, which is actually a delicatessen that makes better pizza than the pizza joints. Mm. It is my last bastion of hope for good pizza in the South Bay. I am suffering. And there's another guy named Valentino's. When I was nine years old, Valentino was making my pizza in Brooklyn, Parkside Avenue. Still mm. alive. And, st and so, so he's, that's another good pizza. Going joint. strong, yeah. Yeah. So that's all I got for you people. I've had it with you people. For all of you at home, for all of you people on your iPad listening to this, for all of you, you people waiting to get into a restaurant on your iPhone at Starbucks or whatever, American Junkie, for all of you watching on your desktop, who rules the world? Old school people. For Dave Palm, the sensational Dave Palm, I am Jason DeBeas. We're going to hit my music and I say... We're out. Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionDB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.